Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay 22 years and cost you more than you want to pay. Guilt, no peace. That's not just true for these guys. That's true for all of us. But you'll never hear Satan say that to you, ever, because he is the greatest deceiver ever. You know when you're tempted to sin, it seems so good and no one will ever know? How often have you found the reality to be that it wasn't so great and the people you least wanted to discover the sin did find out? That is the true nature of sin. Pastor Mark will be reminding you of that fact in his teaching today. You'll hear about a wrong done to Joseph and the repercussions of his brothers hiding that wrong from their father. You'll hear that sin can affect a wider range of people than you could ever imagine. You'll also find out how to be freed from the consequences of sin, your sin and others' sins against you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 37. As he continues his message, Joseph, favored son, is sold into slavery. Anger is only one letter away from danger. You see, Proverbs 29, 22 says it like this. An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. See, you will know, I know, we watch it. Anger, if not controlled, can be extremely explosive. It leads to violence, hurtful words, all kinds of criticism, and of course, eventually to unforgiveness. We see it. We live around it. Road rage, abuse in the home, divorce, dangerous. It's all over us. Here's what I want you to write. Watch this path. Hatred, anger, jealousy usually proceed down a horrible path. You see, it isn't going to get better. It started with hatred. Now it's anger. Now it's jealousy. And we just read, now it leads to let's kill him. There it is. That's the role. But the Bible tells us that we can control that. By the way, some people, as we already said earlier, they believe that they'll never, ever be able to get rid of anger. Because it came from their dad or their mom. No, that's not correct. Look at here. Romans 8. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature. Dominated means 
that sinful nature is in control. Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. It's spiritual death to you. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So it is always a battle for all of us. But if I'm struggling, you're struggling here today with anger or hatred, simply ask God to forgive you. Ask God to fill you again with the Holy Spirit, which he'll do. Enjoy forgiveness and start walking in peace instead of anger and jealousy and rage. God can do it. It's the battle of the mind, and the Spirit can lead us. Now, here's how this all happens. Look at verse 20. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Do you see it? If he's dead, the dreams are gone. There's nobody to fulfill them. When Reuben, first child, Firstborn child should have taken over when dad dies. Firstborn child. But Jacob liked Joseph because firstborn of Rachel. Now, when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. Here we see the thoughts to kill Joseph, which would eliminate, like I told you, all the things that they were trying to get rid of. But what is God going to do right here? Do you think that Reuben is doing this by himself? Who put that thought into Reuben's mind? God did. Remember, he's against all the other brothers. No, don't do that. That's stupid. So what you see here is this. God, in his big plan, killing Joseph was never in his plan. So what's God going to do? He's going to stop it. Who does he use? Reuben. To stop it, because that's not God's plan. See, we, we have trouble understanding God's plan for our life, as I said to you before. His plan, the only one that understands the big picture in your life and my life is God. I don't understand the big picture. I kind of have an idea where I'm going to go and do this and that and the other, and you do too, and we plan it. But when we plan our step, it says God takes care of them and changes them for us, if we're sensitive. So here's one that Reuben, he didn't even know why he's even probably saying that. He wants to save his brother, but it's God that put in a detail. Because watch this. I want you to write this down. When you see this, it'll make sense to you. Nobody can stop God's plans, his details. God is always in control. Don't ever doubt God. Now, we do when we get down in the valley. That's Satan bringing it to you. Trust God. Trust God. Because what? Our God is good, good, good. You should remember that. It's only 20 minutes ago. Come on. Okay? So it's good. It's good. It's good. So here's the key. God's not going to let that happen. So he arranges the details, and the person that he uses is Reuben right there. Now look at verse 22. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him, number one, of course, of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. 
There was no water in it. Now, what is Joseph feeling about now? I would use the word initially, confused. Then I would use the word, scared out of his mind. Because they take his coat, and they throw him into a cistern where there's no water. Now, whether he heard them say the word, kill him, we don't really know. But it's very interesting, because later on, when we get to chapter 42, the brothers said this, listen, while he's down in that, down in that cistern, they said this. These are the brothers speaking. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life. So whether he heard them say, we're going to kill him, or he knew, uh-oh, I'm done. He pleaded. He was miserable. He was absolutely miserable. So what kind of a place is he in now? Is he on a mountaintop with his robe and his favorite son? No, he's down in a what? A valley. And he's wondering. He's scared. He's, God, where in the world are you? Now, look at verse 25. This is very interesting. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw, by accident, a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices and balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them to Timbuktu. Now, let me ask you a question. Was that all by accident? Here comes a caravan. What kind of timing? Pretty good timing. Perfect. I like the word. Perfect. By the way, God's plans are always perfect. So here they go. Do they know they're being used by God? No, they're not believers. They're definitely not believers. But God's just raising them and the camels, and they're coming right by. And their destination, already picked. They're going exactly where Joseph is going to live for the next 20 years. Another accident. Huh? No, another detail. Another open door. Directed by who? God. Now, when you're saying that, you're really good with that because you see it. But often, we don't believe it's happening to us. See, behind our lives, behind the scenes, he's arranging the details for us. Hello, I lost my business seat. I'm sitting in the middle, like I normally do anyway, in economy. It was an accident for my wife or myself. See, he knows how to use us to fulfill his plans. So here's Joseph. Here comes the caravan. And they're walking by, and they're going to the same place that God already has him going. Probably already had a first-class ticket for him. I mean, he's right there. He's going to go to that place. Now, I want you to know something. Look at verse 25. Look at the first sentence. As they sat down to eat their meal. Now, picture this. Your brother is over here in the pit. He's crying. He's pleading for his life. And what are they doing? Pass me some more food, would you? Thank you. A little more over here. Good. Anybody got any dessert here? Did we, did we forget the dessert all the time? They're totally insensitive to the brother. How do you sit down and enjoy a great meal when you're getting ready to kill your brother? Here's how the words are. Two words. Hard heart. There was no sensitivity. There was no repentance. They're working their plan to do what God 
will not allow them to do, but they don't know that. It's a picture of a cold, hard heart. You see, when God designed us, he designed us to have a soft heart, responsive to him. But a hard heart is resistant to truth. They know their conscience probably has been seared. They know it's wrong, but they have no feelings of repentance. Pass me another piece of that, would you? I like those dates. Give me some more sugar. I need that. Not even thinking. Few feet away, their brother is screaming for help. You know, a hard heart is difficult. One day, Jesus, the Jewish leaders are saying to Jesus, why did God allow some people to have a divorce in the Old Testament? And Jesus said, it's because they had hard hearts. You see, a hard heart can be a soft heart. Here's how it works. Living in obedience and forgiveness produces a soft heart. If I hold somebody and won't forgive them, my heart's going to get hard. If I'm not obeying God, my heart's going to get hard. Now, the heart is not this beating heart. The heart is the center where God directs our lives. And remember, Proverbs says, careful with your heart, because out of it comes everything you do. So here are these guys. They're not repentant at all. They're working their plan. They're having lunch. They could care less about their brother. And all of a sudden, we're going to see it's going to lead to a place that is not good. Now watch this, verse 26. And Judah said to his brothers, well, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. What are they doing there? What do they see there? Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Okay, we can kind of do this and put him on. He'll be a servant. He'll go to Egypt. We'll never see him again. Nobody will know what's happening. And we get some money out of this. This is a good plan. Thank you. Now we'll look at verse 28. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern, sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now, you talk about ups and downs of life. Here's the cherished son of a Jewish home. Dad's favorite child. Now he's on his way to Egypt, a different country, as a slave. What is he thinking? Where is God in all of this? He doesn't have an answer. That's why the title of this series is Trusting God in the Ups and the Downs of Life. You'll see later, God knows how to take that which looks useless and do good with it. Don't question God. Just go along. Now, I'm not talking about if we sin, then we're going to suffer our own consequence. Sin brings suffering. So we're talking about he's in God's will. He doesn't understand this at all. So look at verse 20. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He thought, oh, they killed him. Are you kidding me? And he went back to his brothers and said, the boy is near. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe 
slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in the blood. And they took the ornate robe back to their father, took him days, and said, now watch this. What you're going to see the rest of the reading that I'm going to give to you is lying and pure deception. We found this. Hey, Dad, examine to see whether it's your son's robe or not. Did they already know he already knows? Yes. He recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some furious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. Jacob has his head in his hands. There's the brothers. Now, what they've just done is lied, and they're filled with deceit. Is the home going to get better? No. Now, how did we get there? Well, hatred, jealousy, anger leads to lies and deceptions. For the next 22 years, every single day, those brothers are going to get up. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Every single day, they're going to get up with guilt on their heart. And when you have guilt, you have no peace. 22 years. When we sin, Satan never tells us the outcome. He just makes it look good. Because if it wasn't good, we wouldn't sin. We wouldn't be tempted. But he never tells us the outcome of it. They had no idea the outcome for the next 22 years. Because they lied and deceived, there'll be no peace in their lives. Every single morning. What a miserable way to exist. You couldn't call it living. And of course, dad is mourning all those years. A lie that his son is dead. Now, what does that say to me and to you? I didn't write this. Many of you know it, but I think it's a great warning to all of us as believers. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay 22 years and cost you more than you want to pay. Guilt, no peace. That's not just true for these guys. That's true for all of us. But you'll never hear Satan say that to you, ever, because he is the greatest deceiver ever in the world. There's a little picture of irony here in the sadness. Jacob, years before, he deceived and lied to his father, Isaac. And he went and killed a goat and put the skin on his hands because he wanted to try to say to him, I'm the twin brother Esau. So he had to kill a goat, skin it, put the skin on his hands. Now he is being lied to and deceived by his sons who kill a goat and put blood on the robe of Joseph. What goes around comes around. You see, God never designed our lives to be like that. So he's a deceiver. 
And now he's being deceived in the same way with the same animals. Well, the Bible warns us this. Look at Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. That's why the Bible warns us. If we sin, confess it. Get it right. Do what you need to do and move on. There's none of us perfect. We sin often, but we should sin less and less and less as we're more mature. Now, verse 35. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Now, here's another detail. Joseph doesn't know it yet. He's going to be a slave. But he has no idea that God arranged Potiphar to be the one that would rule his life. We'll see later that Potiphar, overall, other than one event, was a blessing to Joseph. So was that by accident? God said, pull the straws. Let me see who we want. No, 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 no. This Potiphar knows nothing about it. Joseph knows nothing about it. But he is a slave. And here he is. Look at He arrives there. It looks like this in our life. Look at this. The ups and downs of real life. He leaves home. Wow. And this is just starting. Because you're going to see more ups and downs in the life of Joseph. That's the way we live life. Just like this. It's not our sin usually. It's the sin nature of our world. Remember, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense to us when we're going through all of this. So that's why we're here to learn as we go through this series, the ups and downs of life. Now, Joseph never learned this principle. He never read this verse because it wasn't in the Bible. There wasn't even a Bible then. Look at this verse. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Now watch this. For those who love God. See, if you haven't accepted Christ yet, this doesn't apply to you. He can't work everything out good because you have not submitted to him. And of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. See, Joseph never knew that. He had no idea that out of bad, God will arrange it and make it good. But that's what God is doing in all of our lives. If you're a believer today, Joseph later, he has some hope. Because of those dreams. He's not totally without hope, but he's wondering, wow, how in the world is this all going to work out? Well, remember this verse? We started with it today. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. That's amazing. The ups and downs of life. Now, so think about some of the things we talked about. Anger. By the way, we have an amazing course that we deal with anger and drugs and alcohol and all of those kind of things. Celebrate recovery. But I want you to think what you've learned. Family, God, details. You'll never hear God say, whoops. Because everything he does is perfect. He's the only one that has a big picture. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about the relationship between anger and danger and how that played out in the lives of Joseph's brothers. You also were reminded that for the person that trusts God, no plan of God's can be ruined. You saw how God used one of Joseph's brothers to alter their original plans 
to one that God used to push God's long-range plans forward. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue telling Joseph's story. You'll discover that from the lows of being sold into slavery by his brothers, Joseph will seem to land in a good place. You'll soon find out that Joseph has new challenges to face from an unexpected source. And lessons that he will learn can be easily applied to the circumstances you'll face daily. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.